When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is brought to you by... No one, please, sponsor your boy. Did you get your hydrate during the race? You must have some sweaty arms as well, so don't forget to sanitize. On the show today, we celebrate the Hulk officially back in Formula One. Danny Rick says F1 social media are fucking idiots. How the FIA are so stupid with their payment system and a return of Crofty's Love Files Part 3. Plus your stat of the week and much, much more. But first, we must hand the mic over to a man. A man who is six feet and nine inches. And that's two different lengths. A man that is fluent in 12 languages, one of them is Dirty Talk. That man is David Croft. Take it away, Croft. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy Colby back once again with another absolutely huge banger for you. Sorry, guys. I, I need to stop for a moment. Can you smell that? Smell that? Ugh. It's disgusting. Oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> it's just my Ferme. And you know what you need to do. Park it all up in there. Don't be afraid. Because it is the Park It In My Ferme show. The show that talks all things Formula One news, discussion, opinions, results, predictions, love stories, and more. And what a show we have for you today. We are only one week Away from race number two, Imola coming at you. Feels like it's been forever, but we are getting there. Oh, so close. So 
to make sure you're up to date, head over to parkinmyfairmate.com to catch up on all the shows and look down at your podcast listening device and app right there, right now. Look down. You looking? You looking? Gently caress and touch that subscribe and follow button. Oh, that's it. Oh, yes. That's the spot. Also, I've got the socials at Parker in My Fermi on Facebook, at Parker in My Fermi on Instagram, at Sexy F1 Racer on Twitter. No, no, that's wrong, you idiot. It's at Parker in My Fermi on Twitter. So follow along, slide in the DMs like Mazepin slides off the track, and we can all get all kinds of frisky. But today, we're going to talk all things about the Hulk. Returns Hulkenberg getting that contract. Daniel Ricciardo not happy with F1 social media. The FIA need to change their payment policy. And some more loving from Crofty's Love Files. And of course, don't forget your stat of the week. But first, the news. News, 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 news. Cody. Formula One news, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, it's the pimp news, pimp news, didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news, pimp news, pimp news coming through your ears right now, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. Okay, Whistleman, let's giddy up. So first off, we need to do a couple of RIPs, rest in peace to Prince Philip, who sadly passed away at the age of 99 yesterday. A little bit of a racist old man, as we all know, but, you know, still sad to see Queen Lizzie all alone on her throne. I have come across her on Tinder already. Wife wasn't happy about it, but I did swipe right. You better believe I did. And more condolences for the rapper. DMX, who died, sadly, of a heart attack yesterday at the age of 50. Where my dog's at? Rough riders assemble. But let's move on and talk some Formula One. Let's start off with some happy news. Hulkenberg is back, baby. Mr. Martin has signed the Hulk as their reserve driver. Usually this wouldn't mean jack shit. But in a world where COVID is actually fucking shit up, there is a good chance that the 33-year-old Nico Hulkenberg could get a spot. We saw last year he was able to race twice and did fairly well, all things considered. Hulk said, obviously, I'm hoping that Seb and Lance enjoy an uninterrupted season this year. But the team knows they can rely on me to step in and do an excellent job. I'm going to call fucking bullshit on that one. I hope Lance and Seb catch the Rona from spooning each other and the Hulk drives both cars, one leg in each car, and wins the race at the exact same time. Moving on. Danny Rick isn't happy at all. And it's no surprise that the FIA, anti-fun, and the guy who probably enjoys going to the dentist, Mr. Fun, aren't getting along. Daniel Ricciardo has been critical in the past at how TV coverage portrayed, portrayed, God, got to learn how to speak, portrayed F1 crashes in particular. The Roman Grosjean Bahrain Inferno. Let's take a listen to what Daniel said back in Bahrain of 2020. Hey Daniel, um, first things first, it's great that Roman obviously walked away. What are your kind of thoughts on, on, on that incident? Um, that's all I want to talk about, to be honest. I'm uh, firstly happy that, that he's okay from it, from what I saw. Um, but I'm disgusted and disappointed with Formula One for showing or choosing the way to, to show it as they did and, and broadcast replays after replays after replays of the fire, his car split in half, and then like that's not enough. They go to his onboard. Why do we need to see this? We're competing again in an hour. His family has to keep watching that. All our families have to keep watching that. And you're with everyone's emotions. And it's it's really unfair 
um, it's not entertainment. I, I was, I had a lot of rage. I still do, um, and I, it was just very, very poorly handled, and felt like a game, and it's, it's not. We're lucky he's here, but it could have been a different story, and yeah, to show it like it's something from Hollywood, it's, it's not cool. Choose to do that tomorrow, but not today. But the criticism didn't stop there. Daniel said that the F1 social media team are also promoting these crashes. Danny said that when watching montages from the 2020 season, the top 10 moments, that eight of them were crashes. I was like, you guys are fucking idiots. Maybe 12 year olds like that kind of stuff and that's cool. They don't know any better, but we're not kids. Just do better guys. Do better than that. That's what Danny Rick had to say. What do you guys think? Do you enjoy seeing the crashes in F1? Do you think F1 should be promoting the sport without incidences like that? Let me know on the socials. But that's it for the news. Now we're gonna start talking about the FIA and their payment structure. Now, a lot of people do know how it is set up. All right, I am gonna go on a little bit of a rant here and explain how it all works, but I'm just, it, it's just so stupid to me. It's been going on for years, so it's not new, but the FIA are stupid. We all know this. We've known it for a long time, but we can't deny they're doing, they are doing something right because the sport is growing. The sponsorship, the sponsorship deals are getting bigger. The audience is getting bigger. Drive to Survive has been huge and there is more money now in F1 than ever before. Being given all this, we've been given all this extra access to see just what goes on. The traveling, the packing, the unpacking of equipment, contract negotiations, sponsorship deals, and so on. We know that cash is king. We know that in order to run an F1 team, you need a lot of cash. And that's why the owners of the teams are billionaires or billionaire companies. And that's why we have some of their sons driving in the race because daddy essentially brought, bought them a seat. We know who they are. Now I've covered, I've covered this some months ago, but in order to get a new F1 team into F1, you need to pay the FIA a new team tax of some sort of $200 million. Now I'm not sure it's called a new team tax, but you know, you need to pay an entry fee. And the main reason for this is to maintain the value of the current teams. They don't want Steve or Tom coming along with trusty Tom's team of racing to join the grid in a Toyota Corolla from 1992. So I get that. But what does the FIA do with that money? The FIA actually pays the team some money at the start of the year. There is prize money, but also a revenue share that goes out to the teams, but it isn't distributed evenly. Did you ever sit there and wonder, how come Haas, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tauri are never one, two or three on the podium? How come they always struggle financially? Well, they build shittier cars. Yes, it's, it's a simple enough answer, but why is that? Why are Ferrari usually, Red Bull and Mercedes able to always be at the front of the grid year after year? It's because the money that the FIA pay out to the teams isn't distributed evenly. That is a huge part of it. And when I say there is a discrepancy, it's not by one or $2 million. It's by tens of millions of dollars, which makes a huge difference when designing a car, paying staff, paying drivers and transport. See, what happens is at the start of the season, the FIA give the teams their money. 
They give them a revenue share. Now, this is an amount that is evenly distributed amongst the teams. Money that the FIA has made and is now evenly giving out to the teams. I'm going to use figures from the 2019 as I have them handy. But so all 10 teams earn $35 million from the FIA. Not too bad at all. So far, very even, no complaints there. Everyone got paid the same amount from top to bottom. Then there is an amount paid to the team based on how they finished the previous year. Again, I have no issue with that. It's like prize money. You finish first, you get the most. You finish last, you get the least. You finish second in the beauty contest, you collect $10. Again, no issue with that. Every sport has it. Golf, tennis tournaments, you know, you name it. They all get paid, but it's based on where they actually finish. No issue. And it's quite a bit of money too. So it's actually great to see a close constructors championship because the difference in prize money can be huge. Mercedes won, they got $66 million. And then Williams came dead last and still got 15 million and everyone else in between. No issue there whatsoever. So, so far everyone got their 35 mil. Everyone else got, you know, between 66 and 15 depending on where they finished. That's not the issue I'm having. Next is where I start to have my issues. A Constructors' Championship bonus is paid to Mercedes, McLaren, Ferrari, and Red Bull. And then another payment of $35 million will be paid to Red Bull and Mercedes, and $10 million to Williams, and a long-standing service amount of $73 million will be paid to Ferrari. What the fuck is that? Ferrari's been around the longest, let's give them more money. Williams has been around a while, let's give them $10 million. These numbers are random and plucked out of thin air. There is no consistency, and it's no wonder that certain teams are constantly drowning in Formula One. Where Ferrari can have one bad year, get $200 million, which they did, and then bounce back the next year, and we're all standing here clapping, going, wow, they've really, that's just remarkable. How did Ferrari turn it around on a budget of $200 million extra? and Haas not be able to turn it around on their $70 million budget, a difference of $130 million. See, if I had two kids, two sons, and they wanted to set up a lemonade stand and I gave one of them $10 to do it and the other one $2 to do it, who do you think would be more successful? FIA, to quote Danny Rick, sort your shit out and do better. It's time for your stat of the week. I'm a stat man! Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stat time. Yeah. Oh, so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Yeah, stat time, baby. It's once again to dive deep, deep into the stat archive. Now, the stat of the week we are going to talk about is all about hot starts, baby. Hot starts with Lewis winning the opening race of the season, surely. It's going to go on and win the championship. Everyone knows if you win the first race, you, you're, you're a shoo-in for the championship, right? Wrong. Let's take a look at the last four years. 2020, Bottas won. 2019, Bottas won. 2018, Vettel won. And 2017, Vettel won. So Lewis Hamilton 
won the Drivers' Championships in each of those seasons. Okay, so does that then mean this is the passing of the torch? Or is it just Lewis managed his car better in race one this year than previous? Another fact, Alonso took down Michael Schumacher at the age of 24. And by the end of the season, Max Verstappen will be 24 years of age. Will history repeat itself and another six-time champ be dethroned? The stars are aligning. But that is your stat of the week. He's a stat, man. Oh, that was a good stat. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat, man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's time once again to dive deep into the world of a man, the Formula One commentator by day, the lover of all things ladies at night. Once again, it's time for Crofty's Love Files, part three, an unlikely partnership. I'd left the chicane as the sun peeks over the horizon of Main Street. Spent the night with Wilma Fingerdo and she spent more time on pole position than Lance Stroll in Turkey. But just like Lance in Turkey, I was going to disappear and let her have a horrible Sunday. I started making my way back to the office. The five o'clock shadow draped across my face as I look rougher than the odds of George Russell winning an F1 race anytime soon. I got to the office. As the streets started to bustle and the city seemed so alive, I walked into the building, still a bit shaky from the night before. I made my way up the stairs to the office door, looking for David Croft's sign on my glass door, but I was taken back. I was shocked like Mark Webber when Vettel ignored team orders. The door was open. I quickly whipped out my gun, ready to take on the intruder that had entered. I burst through the door to see a man sitting in my chair, facing the other way. Who are you? What the fuck are you doing in my office? I asked, the gun poised at the intruder. He slowly spun the chair around like he was Bottas on the wet circuit. It was Martin Brundle. Martin! What the hell are you doing here? Martin Brundle had poured himself a Midori on ice and was sipping it slowly. He paused and answered, Crofty, I know what you've been doing first. Dixie Normus, then Wilma Fingerdo? Is there one of my girls you haven't had your way with? Anyway, I'm not here for that. I need your help. I was taken back. He isn't here to punish me for stealing his girls? Of course not. He's Martin fucking Brundle. The man can't take a single step without running into another beauty, wanting a slice of the MB. I was hesitant, but curiosity got the best of me. What do you need help with? It's another one of my girls. Anita. Anita Naylor. I'm sure you do. She was last seen at the port. Head down there and see if you can find her for me. You're my last hope. 
Martin Brundle stood up from the chair, took out a wad of cash and lobbed it to me. It must have been a couple of grand, more than my usual fee for a missing person. He must have been desperate. We both made our ways out of the office. I turned to MB and said, Well, it's lights out, and away we go. was another fantastic tale from the Crofty Love Files. Will you join us again next week to see whether or not Crofty can save MB's girl? I don't think he'll be able to do it, but you never know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of another show. But guys, it's, it's a week away. We're a week away. Hey, if I had my soundbite loaded, we'd be on the road. And you know I'd love to play it right now. We are heading to Italy. At Mambo Italiano. Ooh, mamacita. Imola, baby. Oh, and there's nothing sexier than Imola Grand Prix. Oh, one week to go. I am so excited. So, make sure you can catch up on all the episodes there make sure you subscribe to the podcast please do it it makes me feel really good about self honestly if you want to pay me like 50 grand in sponsorship money I'll take it too head over to the socials I'll just be chilling I'll be waiting for you to slide into my DMs I welcome intruders but of course as always I have to say thank you so much so so much for listening thanks for listening Network.